asking enough because the person who asked that question is probably doing more than they think. Any additions? Good? Satisfied? Mark? I, I don't disagree with that, but <clears throat> I, I would say, at least for Cindy and for me, we found that when we planned our lives around church as much as possible and made that a priority, that God blessed that in amazing ways. So sometimes it wasn't possible, but um, uh, when we made it the priority um, and the focal point of our life instead of something else, God blessed. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, next question. Say I move out of the area. How should I go about finding a new church? What things should I be looking for in a church? What if I want to attend for a while and want to keep looking? How long before I need to be committed to a new church? Well, there's a couple of questions there. The first one being, how do I find a new church? Um, there's actually a lot of good resources, and it depends on where. Um, a question that has been asked a few times uh, that I think is fantastic is when somebody comes to uh, just somebody in, in church leadership and says, hey, I'm moving to this area. Can you help me find a new church? Um, yeah. I think that's a, that, that, that's a biblical and, and good way to do that, and we would love to be helpful depending on where that area is. And then the second part of the question is, you know, how long do I give it before I have to, like, you know, commit my life to this? Um, I, I think it's, it, it varies. It depends on the situation and the person and the church and all of those things. But I, um, I think the encouragement is, is you're looking for a place to be committed to and involved in and accountable to. And as that happens naturally, you, you do that. Um, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I would keep that as, as short of a time as, as possible to get to that level. But what we're really talking about, I, just to make, make a more a broader point, a lot of the things about a healthy church dynamic just requires time, and there's not really a substitute for that. So sometimes it might just take a little bit of time to figure that out. Yeah, there's a feel to it. You know, it's interesting that if you look in, in even in the book of Acts and you go to a certain location or you, you, people just link up with the believers in that town, right? And I, I would just say it's a feel and it's a timing thing. And, and I sometimes people just like, they show up and it's like, this is our church, and they just stay. Others, they got to go around and see. Uh, it's good to ask advice. Um, I have found it in the past that sometimes the earliest adopters can also be the earliest rejectors um, in terms of, hey, we're joining right now, and then I'll say, oh, we're leaving now. Uh, and on the other hand, we just had someone who joined Grace after 30 years of being here. And you know what we said to them? We said, you know, you're just making official what was already true. You've been committed to this body for 30 years. It just so happened that you're like, hey, I'll, I'll do that. I'll put in my testimony and go talk face-to-face -face and share my testimony. And, and, and I just want to link up officially. But they've been committed to this body for 30 years. For all intents and purposes, they were members. Yeah. I, I know we have a lot of questions, but one more important thing is just pray earnestly that God will lead you to a place where you can serve. Yeah. Like you mentioned a consumer mentality. You know, trash that. You know, um, ask God where he would have you to give and to serve and to be part of a body of believers so you can help it build, be built up in love. And God will take care of the rest. Mm -hmm. Great, thanks. Uh, next question. How can women who are gifted Bible teachers best use that gift to serve the body? Teach the Bible. <laughs> want to elaborate? <laughs> Teach the Bible wherever God gives opportunity. We had a really uh, a wonderful uh, discussion at our elders and wives retreat last weekend regarding that very topic. 
And one of the things that came out of it, just uh, in terms of encouragements, is to think of it this way, whether it's men's ministry or women's ministry or whatever is going on in a church, when there is live Bible teaching, people aspire to do the thing they watch. But you go watch a video of someone doing it, maybe it's some Christian celebrity or whatever, you're like, well, I could never do that. And even like those churches that have um, video venues, I'm always like, there is somebody in that assembly that wants to get up with their Bible and preach. Why are they listening to that guy on a, on a video on a screen, right? And I just think that um, find, your, your gift makes room for you. Find areas to do that. I tell young guys in ministry all the time, you want to preach? You will find opportunities to preach. You won't need to, uh, to wonder why I don't get any opportunities. But I would say that we need live Bible teaching in our men's ministries, in our women's ministries. And the Bible is clear about some of those norms. And, and a lot of churches are not uh, following biblical norms when it comes to, to teaching. And so we want to be careful about that. And we want to make sure that, in, especially in public worship settings, um, that we have men, uh, qualified elders that are teaching. Yeah. Great, thanks. We good on that? Yeah. Great. Next question is this. If Jesus is the one who builds his church, why do so many local churches wither away after several generations? Um, and then a practical question, how does or how can, how can GCO prevent this from happening to us? They swerve from the faith. Mm -hmm. They um, churches that don't stay true to God's word and understanding the, the total dynamic of a healthy, God-honoring local church will drift. They'll try to please everybody, which is a losing proposition from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, they try to be contemporary. Uh, they try to be popular. Um, or th are they, there's a whole list, it's long. Um, pastors hang on too long. There's a time to, 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 to hand it off to the next generation and not just to stay there forever. Right, Matthew? Yes. I think it comes down to Jesus is building his church universal and the pieces of that building are the local churches and there are sinful people in all of those local churches and that sin infects all the things that were just said but also just even infects um, uh, gifting and ability and, and, and follow through and you can have well-intentioned people who lose sight of of equipping the next generation effectively and and things can wither and fall apart in that way as well um, and, uh, and and all of that is just a consequence of our own limitations as humans and this mm -hmm. sinful in infestation just to follow up then oh go ahead Dennis well, Jesus weren't in my eye I am? Okay. Anyway, in the, the letters to the seven churches, Jesus warned, you know, if, if you compromise the faith, I will remove your candlestick. Um, and so there's, you know, sometimes there may be God's judgment on that church. Uh, of I'll just let you, you know, shrivel up and die. And, and I've heard of some churches, too, that seem to be more interested in maintaining the status quo than in preparing the next generation mm -hmm. to carry the torch. So you get churches that, you know, the average age is, you know, 87. Um, there's not a whole lot of future, you know. So now he's starting to meddle a little bit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
Great, thank you. Just just a follow up. If I'm if I'm a young person in the church, what are the kind of things that I should be focusing on, thinking about someday being being maybe the person who would be uh, leading in the church? What should Le- be learn how to serve. Elders are not being novices, and so the, you know, help Winston do the janitorial work around here. You know, hold babies in the nursery. You know, uh, any anywhere to serve in, in a humble way. You know, don't don't aspire to be the guy that gets all the accolades. Uh-huh. Uh, learn to be the guy that that humbly serves wherever he can be useful. Yeah. It, it seems like the distinguishing quality. Is is godly character, um, so I I'm still young. I'm still aspiring to that. So um, yeah, if you're young, I would say focus on character and and service, and the rest will take care of itself. God will put you where He wants you. Great. Okay. Next question. Uh, this is for Matthew. Matthew, can you elaborate on Matthew? I feel like I always get the uh, unique Matthew question. <laughs> Uh, Matthew, can you elaborate on reasons to leave a church? Can you give us some practical examples of good and bad reasons to leave? And this person has given maybe a, a few possible ones. I don't like the preaching. Uh, I'm not very connected. I disagree on doctrine. How bad does it have to be before <laughs> I can or should leave? Yeah, I rushed through that, so thank you for the question. That helps. <laughs> um, Matthew yeah. put that question in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's adding more minutes to his <laughs> session. You got 10 extra minutes now. You called me out on that. Check the handwriting. Seriously <laughs> scribbling Check notes the in the back. <laughs> um, so the good reasons to leave a church. First of all, from a, just a, a standpoint of, of the perspective on being involved in a church, Again, it's, it's not a life sentence. It's okay to change churches, and there are good reasons and bad reasons, and I think that needs to be really clear. The pattern that we see in Scripture, though, is interconnected lives, embracing the messiness of humanity and sinfulness as we pursue righteousness and following Christ. And that just ideally requires time, and 50 years is not too long to be in one church. Um, and uh, it's, there's, there's all kinds of blessing that, that comes with long commitment in that. That being said, if, if there are things that move you away geographically, yeah, there are examples in the Bible of that happening, and there's, a, there's the sending of these letters that go with that to, for relocation. But I would even consider, uh, my, my kids know this, uh, I've said s- since, for as long as I can remember, look, you're, you're choosing a college to go to, we're going to pick a church for you to go to as much and as importantly as what school you're going to go to. Those things, we're not just going to pick a school and then and then find a church. It's, that's, that's an important part of the equation. Um, there is an assumption that, this, uh, that, that, that the church is a Bible-teaching church, which is also called a church. Um, if it's not a biblical church, then it's not a church, so the question kind of doesn't apply. But if the, if the place you're going is not faithful to God's word, leave, and leave quickly. Um, I think that's, that's important. But now, then when you come to the, the stylistic things and the... And the um, connected things, um, I, I would suggest that that should be dealt with very carefully. We've talked about a consumer mentality. Um, the reality is things change, 
The music you like today is not going to be the music popular in, in, in church, you know, 30 years from now. Are you going to change church every time musical styles change, preaching styles change, pe- pastors change? Or are you, do you have a mentality that says, I want to be committed to this place for a long period of time? So my, the primary reasons would be, would be geographic movement, uh, not being faithful biblically. And then I think Pastor Mike referred in, in his uh, portion to if you reach a point where you've wrestled with, in a healthy, good way, doctrinal uh, and, and practice differences that are so deep they can't be overcome and it's hindering your ability to serve and worship there. I think a, a time can come for that, but I think there should be some wrestling in the process before you, before you come to that. And if you die, you leave. <laughs> With that. And if you die, you leave. There you go. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, well, you know, uh, there was a, t- a, a short time where Cindy and I seriously asked, should we leave Grace Church? Um, and... Um, we struggled with that, but we didn't have a really a, that good a reason. And it just was hard, hard work at the time, working through a lot of issues. And um, we believe God called us to this church to be part of this body of believers, and we didn't feel released by the Lord to leave. And I look back and I think, oh my goodness, what if I had left? What if we had left? I don't know what it would have been like, but I'll tell you, staying was the greatest blessing that I could ever imagine. Staying was, was, um, has been an amazing journey that God has taught us in so many ways. Mm. And I would just say, if you're even thinking about leaving, seek godly counsel, pray earnestly, and think 10 times about it, uh, that maybe, maybe um, it's time to stick it out and see what God would have you to learn through the experience. Mm-hmm. Just to follow up to that, uh, someone wrote, uh, church members are part of the body, but what if that body part is not being used? If the body has 20 fingers and not all 20 are used, does it not, the body analogy, does it not follow that someone, maybe one of those fingers should almost be cut off and donated to a body in need? Do you, do you see what they're saying? So what if I feel ah. like I'm struggling to use my <laughs> gifts in the church? I, yeah, uh, and, and is there, is, could this kind of thing ever happen? Sure, we donated Michael Shera. We donated uh, <laughs> Brian Zuniga. And, um, yeah, I, I think that that, that that happens, but the, instead of the word donating, I'd use the word sending. Um, if, if, that's the, if that's where you're at and you say, hey, you know what, I, 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 I have a heart to minister uh, where there's a need to do what I can do, uh, I would, I think the main point that I would want to communicate in this regard is, is the... Um, we, we are interconnected. And so even the, the choice to say, I want to go here for a perfectly good, healthy reason, whatever it might be, there should be, there should be a, a, an interconnected dynamic to that, that, that there should be, be conversation and, and discussion and wrestling and prayer together over that as opposed to, hey, I'm out of here. Here's what yeah. I'm going to go do. The other thing is one of, our, one of our stated goals as a church is to deploy resources for the kingdom. And so... We, we, we don't want to like hoard all of our resources. We want to give for the work of Christ really to the ends of the earth, right? But that question, it's a great question, and I think First Peter answers it well. So Peter is writing to these churches a- across this geographical area, and he's writing to local churches. And he gets to chapter, chapter 4, And here's what he says. He's talking about gifts. He's talking about being stewards of God's grace. And he says, as each has received a gift, 
Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. There's, there's no limit. It doesn't say now, but if you have the same gift as the person next to you, don't exercise the gift. And the idea is that, that you're in the body. Let's just say, I know not everyone here is from Grace Orange, but most of you are. You're here in the body for this time, for such a time as this. The gifts you have, God wants to use them right now in this body. And so there could be a time where you say, you know, I'm getting deployed somewhere else or some other church needs my gift. But just be careful that you're not focused on your gift and the exercise thereof in where you want it to be and how you want it to be. Bloom where you're planted. Great, thank you. Uh, next question is this, and we won't have time to really theologically unpack it all the way, but are, are denominations biblical? And then I'm going to try to tie it with that another, another question, and that is, um, is the Roman Catholic Church a part of the true church? So, <laughs> as the clock expires, <laughs> and the clock is like, wait, um, didn't that one say it was for Matthew? Didn't it? Uh, I, for, no. I wrote, hey, I wrote that. Any, I, we can't really get into it. Does, it. does anybody want to try to just take a quick, can, a quick I moment to respond? I think we should do something quick, but also, can we commit to answering that question offline yeah. and publishing it up somewhere? Yeah. Or you know, it we have a pod, a podcast now. Podcast mm, this week. Yeah, we're, yeah. There you we're, go. Uh, recording yeah. on Friday because they're good questions. Yeah, both yeah. of them. Excellent yeah. questions. Yeah. Um, yes. preferences uh, that have resulted in the development of one denomination over another. Uh, we just were doing membership matters this morning. There, there was one group, uh, I call them cousins of ours, if you will, uh, who didn't want to adopt this newfangled thing called Sunday school. Uh, Evolutionary. Because it, it was in the 19th century. Uh, and, and so they didn't what another group did. And so is Sunday school required in Scripture? No. Uh, you know, is, is it the best practice? In certain circumstances, yes. And so a lot of the denominations develop over situations, situations like that. Yeah. Uh, and so are, are they good? Well, in a sense, they're great because not everybody's wired the same. And so uh, you can find a, a denomination or a group or a worship practice or something like that, that that really speaks to your heart or meets your needs or something like that, or, or these things that are, uh, you know, not essential doctrine. Um, you know, in terms of Roman Catholic Church, uh, they've got a totally different uh, teaching on justification than what you find in Scripture. Uh, that. God does not impute Christ's righteousness to us. He makes us righteous, and until mm -hmm. we are 100% righteous, he will not let us into his heaven. Therefore, they have to have purgatory to burn off the, the remaining sin. And, uh, and you're saved by baptism, and if you commit a mortal sin, then you have to get re-saved by doing penance. And uh, so it's a very... Uh, it, it's grace that God has provided. They, they would say it's grace that God's provided a way of salvation, but that way of salvation is all by my own work. So, oh, sorry. No, you go. Yeah, I, I would just say on the on the denominations. Um, yeah, I agree with with uh, what uh, Dennis had said. I would just add there are there are good differences in denominations and certain denominations that are healthy biblical churches that have 
differences that we would say, hey, they're on our team, and there's lots and lots of just Bible-abandoning denominations. It's more and more today. So denominations are not all equally valid. Um, and taking that question to the Roman Catholic Church, the question is, is the Roman Catholic Church a part of the church universal? And uh, the hard answer is no. Um, that is a different answer than the question, can a Catholic actually truly be saved? And the answer to that is yeah. potentially yes. Yeah. Um, but those are two different questions, and I would distinguish them. But the Roman Catholic Church as a whole, uh, doctrinally, doctrinally and officially, teaches another gospel that by definition removes it from the context of the church universal. The Roman Catholic Church has never backed down from the Council of Trent in 1546, in which they said that if you teach that you're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, you are cursed. Yes. That's still official Catholic doctrine, even though no Catholic wants to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to add, uh, our denomination's biblical, so was the question. <clears throat> the answer is, in a very technical sense, no. Uh, there sh there's one church universal, and there should be one local church. The only way that that's going to happen is if we were all perfect. So that's going to have to wait till heaven. But we have a responsibility to make certain that that which is taught in this local church is absolutely biblical in every way that we possibly can. We are called to be diligent stewards. We're called to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. That's not so we can pass our Awana test. That's important, kids. But this is, <laughs> this is that we might be true to God's word in every dimension of what we're all about. And, and that, that's the test. So if we want to, I'm not so worried about denominations being biblical. I'm worried about Grace Church of Orange being yeah. biblical. Great. Well, well, thank you so much, gentlemen. That's going to bring our Q&A to a close. But um, be on the lookout for some of these questions getting addressed on the podcast that we didn't get to because they're great questions. And so in the coming weeks, some of these will we'll see some life in the podcast. Right now, uh, Pastor Mike, would you just pray for us quickly? All right. Then, we're going to pray and then we'll be dismissed. And then we'll dismiss. sing a final song. We're gonna, oh, we're going to pray. Yeah. And then we'll sing a song. And then we'll be dismissed. See that. All right. Church worships and corporate song. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for your grace to us and allowing us to be here. Lord, at the end of the day, we, we, we worship you. And, and thank you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. You gave himself, yourself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of God. And, and we pray, Lord, that you would be glorified in our hearts, in our homes, in this church. And Lord, I pray that you would use us for your glory. I pray, Lord, that tomorrow, if you grant us a new day, if you grant us breath, and we, we wake up and we see your new mercies, I pray, Lord, that we would be about your business, that we would be on mission for you, that we would seek to please you in our thoughts and our words and our actions, all for your glory. And we pray in Jesus' name.